afternoon, children. It is May, I think it's May 17th. I'm, is it May 18th? It's the 17th. I'm just uh, drive around, gonna record maybe a few more chapters. I was gonna get to my haircut, but the um, haircut app said it's a 27 minute wait, and I just don't wanna wait for 27 minutes. So I drove to a discount grocery store and I bought a bunch of bread flour for like 80% off. I'm very excited about it. That's when you know you're an adult. And it's nothing to do with um, whether you're tall or old or... When you're really an adult, it's, it's when you start getting really excited about very mundane things. Like my eight pounds of bread flour that I bought for $1.89. That's a amazing deal. So, we're uh, in 1 Kings chapter 4 we're beginning with. It's going to be talking about Solomon's, pretty much his administration, the people he, he puts around him, to not, not just to um, work for him, but counsel him, of course. It's interesting who he chooses, uh, but all, not all that interesting. They, uh, I'm sure we'll talk about his wealth. And up to this point, I think this was written, the book of this Bible was written in like 580 BC by a, a Jewish exile in, when Babylon took over Israel and destroyed the temple and did a lot of hard stuff to the Israelites. <coughs> so... <coughs> It's traditionally believed that Jeremiah wrote First and Second Kings. That's not true, though, because I think Second Kings ends well after Jeremiah died, or, or I think like around the time Jeremiah would have been like 87. And people in this time period very rarely live that long. I don't know how long Jeremiah lived, but I know was I. It's well established that he did not write this one. But I, I think though it was written during the Babylonian exile by whoever it was to warn the Israelites to to be faithful to God and his commands. So this really first and second Kings is kinda of like a warning letter to future generations. And here's what happened. Like almost every king in First and Second Kings, did a bunch of dumb stuff. I can only think of one king that was actually pretty well regarded, and we named, we named a child after him. And you'll figure out really soon who it was. Those of you who are not my family, and for some reason listen to this, don't know why, welcome. I, it's fine. If you want to hear some very random whatever guy read the Bible, that's it's on you. So I'm... I'm happy to have you here. I'm just going to text. What is this? Who's calling me? Someone just call me? Uh, no. What's uh, uh, that notification? Um, yeah, so, I guess I'm about to park. Same place I went yesterday, or the day before. When, when are I recording again? Same place, in the shade, at the ferry parking lot. 
So I'll read. Uh, I'll read a little bit here, and then we'll. Uh, I'll come home. You help help your mom for the Bible study. Bible study tonight. Typically on Tuesdays I work until about noon. Then I come home and I try and clean the house. I steam mop the kitchen because they have, there's a couple of little babies that will crawl around on our kitchen, on our dining room floor, and I don't really want to avoid the child getting sick. So I will, I will, uh, what's it called, um, steam mop it. The house smells pretty good after I do it too. It's, it's good. Dead air. Just driving around the parking lot. I want to concentrate. It's hard to talk and then really, really concentrate. A lot of serious injuries happen. People drive the parking lot. Well, looks like this car is open for some reason. Parked and settled. Turn my stereo down. I don't know why that's on. So I gotta charge the phone. Alright. <clears throat> Without further ado, First Kings chapter 4. King Solomon was king over all Israel, and these were his high officials. Azariah, the son of Zadok, was the priest. Elohoref and Ahijah, the sons of Shisha, were secretaries. Jehoshaphat, the son of Ahilud, was recorder. Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, was in command of the army. Zadok and Abiathar were priests. Azariah, the son of Nathan, was over the officers. Zabud, the son of Nathan, was priest and the king's friend. Ah, uh, I'm going to roll. I'm going to download it because it's getting a little stuffy. <clears throat> Anashar was in charge of the palace, and Adoniram, the son of Abda, was in charge of the forced labor. Solomon had 12 officers over all Israel, who provided food for the king and his household. Each man had to make provision for one month in the year. These were their names. Ben-Hur, in the hill country of Ephraim. Ben Dicker in Mahaz, Shalbim, Beth Shemesh, and Elon Beth Hanan. Ben Hesed in Arubath, to him belongs Soko, Soko, and all the land in Hefer. Ben Abendadab in all Naphath Dor, he had Taphath, the daughter of Solomon, as his wife. Baana the son of Ahilud, in Tenak, Megiddo, and all Beth Sheen, that is beside Zarathan, below Jezreel, and from Beth Sheen, and Abel Mehola, as far as the other side of Jacoman. Ben Gabir, in Ramoth Gilead, he had the villages of Jer, the son of Manasseh, which are in Gilead, and he had the region of Argob, which is in Bashan, sixty great cities with walls and bronze bars. Ahinadab, the son of Edo, 
in Mahanaim, Ahimaz in Naphtali. He had taken Basemath, the daughter of Solomon, as his wife. Bana, the son of Hushai, in Asher and Beeloth. Josephat, the son of Perua, in Issachar. Shimei, the son of Elah, in Benjamin. Geber, the son of Uri, in the land of Gilead, the country of Sihon, king of the Amorites, and of Og, king Bashan. And there was one governor who was over the land. Judah and Israel were as many as the sand by the sea. They ate and drank and were happy. Solomon ruled over all the kingdoms, from the Euphrates to the land of the Philistines, and to the border of Egypt. They brought tribute and served Solomon all the days of his life. Solomon's provision for one day was thirty cores of fine flour and sixty cores of meal, ten fat oxen and twenty pasture-fed cattle, a hundred sheep besides deer, gazelles, roebucks, and fat and fowl. For he had dominion over all the region west of the Euphrates, from uh, Tipsa to Gaza, over all the kings west of the Euphrates, and or is it Euphrates, and he had peace on all sides around him. And Judah and Israel lived in safety, from Dan even to Beersheba, every man under his vine and under his fig tree, all the days of Solomon. Solomon also had 40,000 stalls of horses for his chariots and 12,000 horsemen. All those officers supplied provisions for King Solomon and for all who came to King Solomon's table, each one in, the, in his month. They let nothing be lacking. Barley also and straw for the horses and swift steeds they brought to the place where it was required, each according to his duty. And God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding beyond measure and breadth of mind like the sand of the seashore, so that Solomon's wisdom surpassed the wisdom of all the people of the east and all the wisdom of Egypt. For he was wiser than all other men, wiser than Ethan the Ezraite, and Heman, Calcol, Darda, the sons of Mahal, and his fame was in all the surrounding nations. He also spoke three thousand proverbs, and his songs were one thousand five. He spoke of trees from the cedar that is in Lebanon to the hyssop that grows out of the wall. He also spoke also of beasts and of birds, and of reptiles and of fish. And people of all nations came to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and from all the kings of the earth who had heard his wisdom. There's a plane flying overhead, and we're going to wait for it to go off. Chapter 5. Now Hiram, king of Tyre, sent his servants to Solomon when he heard that they had anointed him king in place of his father. For Hiram always loved David. And Solomon sent word to Hiram, You know that David my father could not build a house for the name of the Lord his God because of the warfare with which his enemies surrounded him until the Lord put them under the soles of his feet. But now the Lord my God has given me rest on every side. There is neither adversary nor misfortune. And so I intend to build a house for the name of the Lord my God. As the Lord said to David, my father, your son whom I will set on your throne in your place shall build the house for my name. Now therefore command that cedars of Lebanon be cut for me, and my servants will join your servants, and I will pay you for your servants such wages as you set. For you know that there is no one among us who knows how to cut timber like the Sidonians. As soon as Hiram heard the words of Solomon, he rejoiced greatly and said, Blessed be the Lord this day, who has given to David a wise son to be over his great people. And Hiram sent to Solomon, saying, I have heard the messages that you have sent me. 
I am ready to do all you desire in the matter of cedar and cypress timber. My servants shall bring it down to the sea from Lebanon, and I will make it into rafts to go by sea to the place you direct. And I will have them broken up there, and you shall receive it. You shall meet my wishes by providing food for my household. So Hiram supplied Solomon with all the timber and cedar of Cyprus that he desired. While Solomon gave Hiram 20,000 cores of wheat as food for his household and 20,000 cores of beaten oil. Solomon gave this to Hiram year by year, and the Lord gave Solomon wisdom as he promised him. And there was peace between Hiram and Solomon, and the two of them made a treaty. King Solomon drafted forced labor out of all of Israel, and the draft numbered 30,000 men, and he sent them to Lebanon, 10,000 a month in shifts. They would be a month in Lebanon and two months at home. Adoniram was in charge of the draft. Solomon also had 70,000 burden bearers and 80,000 stone cutters in the hill country. Besides Solomon's 3,300 chief officers who were over the work, who had charge of the people who carried on the work, at the king's command they quarried out great costly stones in order to lay the foundation of the house with dressed stones. So Solomon's builders and Hiram's builders and the men of Gebel did the cutting and prepared the timber and the stone <coughs> to, build, <coughs> to build the house. Chapter 6. In the 480th year after the people of Israel came out of the land of Egypt, in the year in the fourth year of Solomon's reign over Israel, in the month of Ziv, which is the second month, he began to build the house of the Lord. The house that King Solomon built for the Lord was 60 cubits long, 20 cubits wide, and 30 cubits high. The vestibule in front of the, of the nave of the house was 20 cubits long, equal to the width of the house, and 10 cubits, cubits deep in front of the house. And he made for the house windows with recessed flame, frames. He also built a structure against the wall of the house, running around the walls of the house, both the nave and the inner sanctuary. And he made side chambers all around. The lowest story was five cubits broad, the middle one was six cubits broad, and the third one was seven cubits broad. For around the outside of the house, he made offsets on the wall in order that the supporting beams should not be inserted into the walls of the house. When the house was built, it was with the stone prepared of the quarry, so that neither hammer nor axe nor any tool of iron was heard in the house while it was being built. The entrance for the lowest story was on the south side of the house, and one went up by the stairs to the middle story, and from the middle story to the third. So he built the house and finished it, and made the ceiling of the house of beams and planks of cedar. He built the structure against the whole house, five cubits high, and it was joined to the house with timbers of cedar. Now the word of the Lord came to Solomon concerning this house that you are building, if you will t walk in my statutes and, and obey my rules and keep all my commandments and walk in them, then I will establish my word with you, which I spoke to David, your father. And I will dwell among the children of Israel and will not forsake my people Israel. So Solomon, sorry, so Solomon built the house and finished it. He lined the walls of the house on the inside with boards of cedar from the floor of the house to the walls of the ceiling. Uh, he covered them on the inside with wood, and he covered the floor of the house with boards of cypress. He built 20 cubits of the rear of the house with boards of cedar from the floors to the walls, and he built this within an inner sanctuary as the most holy place. The house that is, the nave in front of the inner sanctuary, was 40 cubits long. The cedars within the house was carved in the form of gourds and open flowers. All was cedar, no stone was seen. 
the inner sanctuary he prepared in the innermost part of the house to set there the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. The inner sanctuary was 20 cubits long, 20 cubits wide, and 20 cubits high. And he overlaid it with pure gold. He also overlaid an altar of cedar, and Solomon overlaid the inside of the house with pure gold, and he drew chains of gold across in front of the inner sanctuary and overlaid it with gold. And he overlaid the whole house with gold until all the house was finished. Also the whole altar that belonged to the inner sanctuary he overlaid with gold. In the inner sanctuary he made two cherubim of olive wood, each ten cubits high. Five cubits was the length of one wing of the cherub, of the cherub, and five cubits the length of the other wing of the cherub. It was ten cubits from the tip of one wing to the tip of the other. The other cherub also measured ten cubits, both cherubim had the same measure and the same form. The height of one cherub was ten cubits, and so that and so was that of the other cherub. He put the cherubim in the innermost part of the house, and the wings of the cherubim were spread out so that a wing of one touched the one wall, and while the wing of the other cherub touched the other wall. Their other wings touched each other in the middle of the house, and he overlaid the cherubim with gold. Round all the walls of the house he carved engraved figures of cherubim and palm trees and open flowers in the inner and outermost rooms. The floor of the house he overlaid with gold in the inner and outer rooms. For the entrance to the inner sanctuary he made doors of olive wood. The lintel and the door posts were five-sided. He covered the doors of olive wood and carvings of cherubim, palm trees, and open flowers. He overlaid them with gold and spread gold on the cherubim and on the palm trees. So also he made for the entrance to the nave doorposts of olive wood in the form of a square, and two doors of cypress wood. The two leaves of the one door were folding, and the two leaves of the other door were folding. One of them, he, On them he carved cherubim and, and palm trees and open flowers, and he overlaid them with gold, evenly applied on the carved work. He built the inner court with three, three courses of cut stone and one course of cedar beams. In the, oh, hang on, it's a loud motorcycle coming by. Oh, hang on. In the fourth year, the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid, in the month of Ziv, and in the eleventh year, in the month of Bull, which is the eighth month, the house was finished in all its parts, and according to all its specifications, he was seven years in building it. How much time? Okay, just 18 minutes. Let's check on something real quick. Chapter 7. Solomon builds his palace. Solomon was building his own house 13 years, and he finished his entire house. He built the house of the forest of Lebanon. Its length was 100 cubits, and its breadth 50 cubits, and its height 30 cubits. It was built on four rows of cedar pillars with cedar beams on the pillars. And it was covered with cedar above the chambers that were on the 45 pillars, 15 in each row. There were window frames in three rows and window opposite window in the three tiers. All the doorways and windows had square frames and window was opposite window in three tiers. And he made the hall of pillars. Its length was 50 cubits and its breadth 30 cubits. There was a porch in front with pillars and a canopy in front of them. 
And he made the hall of the throne where he was to pronounce judgment, even the hall of judgment. It was, it was finished with cedar from the floor to rafters. His own house where he was to dwell in the other court back of the hall was of like workmanship. Solomon also made a house like this hall for Pharaoh's daughter, whom he had taken in marriage. All these were made of costly stones, cut according to measure, sawed with saws back and front, even from the foundation to the coping and from the outside of the great court. The foundation was a costly of costly stones, huge stones, stones of eight and ten cubits, and above were costly stones cut according to measurement and cedar. The great court and the three courses of cut stone all around, and a course of cedar beams, so had the inner court of, of the house of the Lord and the vestibule of the house. And King Solomon sent and brought Hiram from Tyre. He was the son of a widow of the tribe of Naphtali, and his father was a man of Tyre, a worker in bronze, and he was full of wisdom, understanding, and skill from making any work in bronze. He came to King Solomon and did all his work. He cast two pillars of bronze. Eighteen cubits was the height of one pillar, and a line of twelve cubits measured its circumference. It was hollow, and its thickness was four fingers. The second pillar was the same. He also made two capitals of cast bronze to set on the tops of the pillars. The height of one of the cap capital, the height of the one capital was five cubits, and the height of the other capital was five cubits. There were lattices of checker work with wreaths of chain work for the capital on the tops of the pillars, a lattice for the one capital, and a lattice for the other capital. Likewise, he made pomegranates in two rows around the one lattice work to cover the capital that was on the top of the pillar. And he did the same with the other capital. Now the capitals that were on the tops of the pillars in the vestibule were of lily work, four cubits. The capitals were on the two pillars and also above the rounded projection, which was beside the lattice work. There were 200 pomegranates in two rows all around, and so with the other capital. He set up the pillars at the vestibule of the temple. He set up the pillar on the south and called its name Jackin. And he set up the pillar on the north and called its name Boaz. On the tops of the pillars was lily work, thus the work of the pillars was finished. Then he made the sea of cast metal. It was round, ten cubits from the brim to brim, and five cubits high, and a line of thirty cubits measured, uh, measured its circumference. Under its brim were gourds for ten cubits, com compassing the sea all around. The gourds were in two rows, cast with it when it was cast. It stood on twelve oxen, three facing north, three facing west, three facing south, and three facing east. The sea was set on them, and all their rear parts were inward. Its thickness was a hand's breadth, hand breadth, and its brim was made like the brim of a cup, like the flower of a lily. It held two thousand baths. He also made the ten stands of bronze. Each stand was four cubits long, four cubits wide, and three cubits high. This was the construction of the, th of the stands. They had panels, and the panels were set in the frames. And on the panels that were set in the frames were lions, oxen, and cherubim. On the frames, both above and below the lions and oxen, there were wreaths of beveled work. Moreover, each stand had four bronze wheels and axles of bronze, and at the four corners were supports for a basin. The supports were cast with wreaths at the side of each. Its opening was within a crown that projected upward one cubit. Its opening was round as a pedestal is made... Uh, a cubit and a half deep. At its opening, there were carvings and panels were square, not round, and the four wheels were underneath the panels. The axles of the wheels were of one piece with the stands, and the height of a wheel was a cubit and a half. 
The wheels were made like a chariot wheel. Their axles, their rims, their spokes, and their hubs were all cast. There were four supports at the four corners of each stand. The supports were of one piece with the stands, and on the top of the stand there was a round band, half a cubit high. And on the top of the stand, it says, and its panels were of one piece with it. Now the surfaces of it stays on its panels. He carved cherubim, lion, and palm trees, according to the space on each, with wreaths all around. After this manner, he made ten stands. All of them were cast alike, in the same measure, in the same form. Okay, let me just take a break for a second. Ooh, really describing the mansion. Whew, a lot to take in. All right, let me finish this chapter off. And he made ten basins of bronze. Each basin held forty baths. Each basin measured four cubits, and there was a basin for each of the ten stands. And he set the stands, five on the south side of the house and five on the north side of the house, and he set the sea at the southeast corner of the house. Hiram also made the pots, the shovels, and the basins, so Hiram finished all the work that he did for King Solomon on the house of the Lord. The two pillars, the two bowls of the capitals that were on the tops of the pillars, and the two lattice works to cover the two bowls of the capitals that were on the tops of the pillars, and the four hundred pomegranates for the two lattice works, two rows of pomegranates for each lattice work to cover the two bowls of the capitals that were on the pillars. The ten stands, and the ten basins on the stands, and the one sea, and the twelve oxen underneath the sea. Now the pots, the shovels, and the basins, all these vessels in the house of the Lord which Hiram made for King Solomon were of burnished bronze. In the plain of the Jordan, the king cast them in the clay around between Succoth and Zarethan. And Solomon left all the vessels unweighed, because there were so many of them. The weight of the bronze was not ascertained. So Solomon made no, so Solomon made all the vessels sorry, bus going through that were in the house of the Lord. The golden altar, the golden table for the bread of the presence, the lampstands of pure gold, five on the south side and five on the north. Before the inner sanctuary, the flowers, the lamps and the tongs of gold, the cups, snuffers, basins, dishes for incense, and firepans of pure gold, and the sockets of gold for the doors of the innermost part of the house, the mostly holy the most holy place, and for the doors of the nave of the temple. Thus all the work that King Solomon did on the house of the Lord was finished, and Solomon brought in the things that David his father had dedicated, the silver, the gold, and the vessels, and stored them in the treasuries of the house of the Lord. We're going to stop right there. It's... Let me just start the car up. When we were in Mexico City, we went to the cathedral. There's this just enormous cathedral. It's the biggest cathedral in in the Americas, North and South America. Your mom and I traveled all over Europe. And, I mean, there's cathedrals almost on in every city, and the, the, the cathedral in Mexico City was gargantuan, and the first thing I thought of when looking at that cathedral was that the people that started working on it never saw it finished. But they had such faith that it would be finished that they worked their entire lives to do it. Probably thousands of people could say that about their experience on it. And they're no greater than the people that 
that finished it. It's not their fault that they were born 100, 200 years later. And so I see this story where David, David wanted so badly to build the temple. And God said no. I'm sure I've said this before. Sometimes the answer is no. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. You just God's will is God's will. But there were reasons why. I think because David had so much blood on his hands, he couldn't build the temple. But rest assured, David knew, and this must be another reason why he chose Solomon instead of Adonijah. Um, David knew that Solomon would complete building the temple. That was paramount to the kingdom of Israel. So, like the workers that started working on this cathedral in Mexico City, David knew that he could not complete the task of creating the temple, but he knew that God would bless the people after him, namely his son Solomon. I take a lot of... I found a lot of peace in that. Because one day I'll hand over the reins to you guys as adults. And I'll unleash you guys out into the world. And hope you guys leave an impact for Jesus. And yourselves too. Nothing wrong with that. As long as you understand where your priorities are. And go off and, you know, make fishers of men. When my dad died, he... <coughs> um, well, before my dad died, he talked about how heaven, you're going to be able to party with every single person that you've led to the Lord. And every person that those people led to the Lord. So I, th- I, I think about unfinished business, and I think about finished business, and... I think a lot about mortality in reading this, guys. It's kind of hard not to. I'm I'm 42 years old and both my parents are dead. It's hard not to think of. It's It's hard not to look through the lens of mortality. Hopefully, both me and your mom will be alive by the time I reveal this podcast to you guys. That would be nice. And it's not lost on me that... Occasionally during these podcasts, I'll say, hey, give your mom a call. I don't know if she's going to be alive when they hear this. I don't know if I'm going to be alive when you hear this. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, let alone in the next 20 minutes. But what I will tell you is, whatever happens, it's in God's will. And God has ordained it. I'm rambling again. But now that I'm on the subject, call your mom. Tell her you love her. Buy her some tea. She loves white jasmine tea, not green jasmine tea. Tell her... Speak to her in Spanish. She loves when you guys do that. I wish you guys would do that more. You guys would get so much love. Like, she would just gush over you guys if you guys spoke Spanish to her. That would be, be really nice. She worked so hard try and teach you that language anyways heading home now 
probably gonna go and do some work. I think I, I gotta get I gotta set up my sewing machine so I can so I can sew on some patches for uh, the King's first Cub Scout meeting tomorrow. So I gotta do that. I gotta. It took me a long time to figure out that sewing machine the first time. So hopefully, hopefully it's not too complicated. I could do it again. So we will see. We will see. So. Anyways, uh, I love you, and I cherish you all, and I'm proud of you. No matter what you're doing, I'm very proud of you. No matter what I've said to foul things up, I'm very proud of you. I w I'm never ashamed of you guys, and I hope you never think that I am, because I'm not. And if you think I am, confront me on it and say, Dad, when you said this, does it mean you're ashamed of me? And the, the short answer is never. Okay? I'm never ashamed of you. The long answer is never. I am never ashamed of my children. I love you all very much. And well, if I'm alive by the time you hear this, give me a call too. Love you all very much. And in everything you do today and tomorrow and the next day and forever, do it for the kingdom and the king. Alone in my sorrow and dead in my sin Lost without hope of no place to begin Your love made a way to let mercy come in When death was arrested and my life began Ash was redeemed, only beauty my orphan heart was given a name My morning grew quiet, my feet rose to dance When death was arrested and my life began Oh, your grace so free washes over I'm a prisoner no more My shame was a ransom He faithfully bore He canceled my debt And he called me
And darkness rejoiced as though heaven had lost. But then Jesus.